When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What it is, this is Tyrus and the Wise Men. Who are my wise men this week? You got Identify Trevor. yourself, Wise Men. Yeah. Got EC3 up here. Got Jeezy up in here. What's going on, big homie? Is Aaron in the house or no? Oh, yes. Yeah, he's, he's yes, there. I am. Okay. I, I am here, ready and willing. Uh, so how's everyone's week going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Feeling good. You know what I mean? Good to be here with the Yeah, I saw your little, uh, your little video. Gotta be honest, man. I was thought I was gonna get a little more, you know, a little more love than that, but it's all good. It's all good. I get it. Nah, man, it's all love, big homie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh yeah. Has to be. So we got a new, we got a new uh, I guess are you a I guess she's like our overseer. Make sure we don't get into trouble. The last one ran off. We ran Dylan off. So now we we have a new babysitter. Dylan retired. Uh, we have a new sheriff in town. Uh Kate's gonna keep an eye on us. First thing she did, first thing she did was she was like, Hey man, uh, do you really like that picture of yourself on the podcast? And I was like, uh, it's a little dated. She's like, Yeah, do you even still have a Mohawk? And I was like, Okay, first of all, uh, I I chose to take it off. I can grow it back at any time, number one. But you are you are correct. You are correct. And uh, she was like, aren't you a champion or something? And I was like, "Or yeah, yeah. She goes, well, maybe you should have a or picture something. with a championship belt on it. And I was like, you know what? Um, thanks for stepping in. I uh, appreciate the feedback. So, Actually, <sighs> I mean, all of our pictures, right? Like that's just some of our WWE Except for EC3s. EC3's picture is phenomenal. Yeah. She oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's be honest. It's like, all about sales. Yeah, you know, honestly, even if he's not on the show, we should just have his picture in the front. Just, <laughs> I agree. You know, I and agree. Uh, we're, we're trying to hit a demographic, guys. A new demographic. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yesterday, last week we're talking about makeup, and then there's that picture. I think that hit the demo just right. Yeah. I and mean, the, I think ne- maybe the next time we're all together, if we took a photo, right? Like that could be a, a thing. Yeah. Make yeah, people's lives easier. Have have photo Bob just just get it. Yeah, that would help. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah, she's not. She's not like Dylan. Dylan. I can't. I can't bully her with looks, and and Dylan was afraid to get on the mic. Uh, Kate's got some stripes. <laughs> this is not her first rodeo with me. So let's interview Kate because I'm always searching for a, a wife. I'll be honest. So. Well, wasn't Kate our original babysitter? Like in the beginning of all yes, this? and she she, uh, she walked away from it, uh, got promoted, was living her best life. Apparently, there was a bar fight and some things were said, and now she's uh, starting over. She's slumming with us. Yeah, she's uh. <laughs> we're very happy to have you back, Kate. Very happy. Yeah, she's just <laughs> you, you she's quietly voice, weeping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, she just said, uh, "Do you have a subject for your podcast today? Or are you just gonna just randomly talk?" Actually, you know what, man? I actually had one, fellas. Uh, I think it was after I watched. Uh, and if you haven't seen uh, Jeezy's uh, vi- uh, his video um, on Instagram, I suggest you check it out. Uh, I put it out there. It was it was uh, it was inspiring, but he was he was dropping some knowledge, man, and uh, it was pretty cool. So, but uh, I got to be honest, man. EC three, I've known you for uh, man. I don't even what two thousand ten. 13 years, 14 years, that. something yeah, like that. That's, that's a wild to think about. But, yeah, I see 2012-ish. Yeah. Um, no, it was 2000. I You were there when I got there in 2000, Christmas 2009. So, yeah, or 2010. So, yeah. Um, FCW, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, been a while. Uh, you haven't aged a day. Uh, but, um your videos and stuff on social media is phenomenal. Uh, the, you're you're just going all out. You're the Caesar Net one was unreal. Like when 
Because that's not something you've always had in your bag. You've always been able to be the type of guy who just, you really didn't need the accoutrement of the extra stuff because your mic skills are, are next level. So how did you start adding what is almost, I would have to say, your vignettes and promo are movie quality. Uh, the rest of us, not so much. Like, how could we spice up Jeezy's interview? Because it looks like, like he was but, hiding. He was hiding from his girl, making a video for his friends in his bedroom. How can we? How can we spice that up? Does we need to get Jeezy a green screen? Is that the? Is that the key? Well, it's well, interesting because like social media, sometimes the natural, unproduced stuff does better for your niche and your demographic. So what I do a lot is I just save stock footage of all the crazy. Sh- I've done. I kind of overlay it to fit the moment. So reusing and repurposing a lot of stuff. Plus, I hate putting my phone in my face and going, hey guys, guess what? I'm oh, that's to, the uh, worst. Yeah. So, like, so I try to keep it fresh, but at the same time, I don't know if it's it performs in our market, in our niche, which being wrestling. It performs better outside of it, but it, it's not providing the low brain wrestling fan the amount of value they want because it's not dirty information it's not like you know dirt cheap banter and it's not like i'm shooting things it's kind of an art an art thing for me so and i just picked that up when i tell the kids over at the cym co-op or first class starting soon is i think reels the tiktoks and how the influencers do them are going to be the promos of the future and there's no reason you shouldn't be putting your stuff out there as much as you can because that's how you're going to get over because it's not going to be the same. Like, I emailed a promoter, I didn't hear back, and I got on this show. Like, you can build yourself online in a niche that's not necessarily wrestling, but grow a following, and promoters see, oh, dude, this dude has 50,000 followers. You're going to be on the show. I say, I got to see Jeezy's video, though, because, like, one thing, too, if we're portraying ourselves as stars, I don't want to, oh, here's my wall. Do you like my wall I have behind me? So it's kind of like, setting up something that has a, a professional look because we are not civilians. We are stars, allegedly. Right. And looks like Jeezy's going to be working from home for a little while. So I think we need to make him like a makeshift Jeezy's pit, like Piper's pit. Like he has a little, yeah. you know. That oh, the Jeezy be- Lounge? Yeah. The, the Jeezy that Lounge. Yeah, I think that needs to be a weekly show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He can do that for a half an hour. He can cut it up and put little clips on each and every day strategic algorithm drops and like that shit I still don't know and I need I want to hire a virtual assistant from India they're like seven dollars an hour apparently but I can't find one that knows anything about wrestling so just ah. to keep it order structured like I'll make the contents but I'll have them I don't right right see that's the thing is finding the the uh the man behind the Wizard of Oz you know who gets all the bells and whistles going you know because I mm. I, yeah, I mean, I can't film at home because my kids will just sense I'm doing something important and will come f- that shit up. Like immediately we'll walk in like, dad, I, I, I need something. I'll be like, I'm filming. What you filming? It's not even like a O and a backup, you know, just, I, I don't get the respect that I deserve uh, when I'm filming at home. So I don't even do it anymore. And I went do you out. Ever have to do, do you ever have to do offsite hits? Yeah. Box? Yeah. Yeah. Usually yeah. I will drive to a studio than do it in my home because again uh, especially Georgie will just stroll on up in there and be like what you talking about <laughs> up the border I don't know yeah and then she'll drop some uh, then she'll drop some science like so I, I try to I try I try to do everything at work but so let me throw this at you guys so uh, I've been watching a, a lot of wrestling lately and um, I was thinking and, and a match came across that I hadn't seen uh, in a really long time, and I was like, "Man, this is this is one of the the best matches." And I was of WrestleMania, and I never like when you say, "Okay, if you had to pick your top five WrestleMania matches," but not even that. I think across the board, if you think about uh, Starcades and super events like that, or, or Fall Brawl, or, or or whatever, I think Starcade. I think Starcade was the big was their big, Super Brawl or Starcade, either one. Was like they're big and yeah, and the way WCW WCW did it was it was like a month of events. So you know, Ric Flair would start Starcade, and he would have like eight title defenses during the the Starcade shows, which I thought was kind of cool because he literally could you could start champion when Starcade started and not be champion anymore. And uh, 
and I always thought that was cool. And of course, you know, the WrestleMania. But when I think about like what were the matches that changed the game, um, you know, Andre and Hogan, you have to say, I think it got everybody because the the premise on that entire match was a body slam. But the psychology was unbelievable. I think it's the greatest psychological match. And there'll people like, well, if they did it before in AEW, but they didn't do it like that. The build, the interview, the turn. It was just it was just pure artistry the way the Andre st- to turn the one of the most beloved people, not wrestler, people on the planet into an, an evil heartless man with such an easy thing. He was looked over by Hogan. And that's such a real emotion. You know what I'm saying? It's like here's a guy who was undefeated for 20 years and and was the guy. Andre was the guy. Hogan comes along. Suddenly Hogan's the guy. And this man who is everybody who wants to be around Andre. Andre's all of a sudden he's a real human being. Even though he's bigger than life, he's got the same emotions that we have. Johnson got the promotion and now I hate Johnson. You know, and it was such an ease. So when you look at... If if someone was to say, how do I learn psychology? I would say watch from the Piper's Pit all the way up. You know, not the one where he just, not the first one where, or the second one when he rips the cross off, when Hogan's putting him over and he, and he presents Andre with a trophy. Do you guys remember that? He was wrestler of the yeah. year. He presented him with this giant trophy. Yeah. Uh, and Andre just walks off. Yeah. And, and Hogan and says he's great. so humble. You know, like it was just a, it was just a little, little peek into what was about to happen, and no one would even thought that because Andre was the very definition of the of the babyface. Like he was the guy, and he was only champion because he didn't want to be, and that's one of the things. Uh, when they, one of the stats, uh, I know this is going to hurt Trevor's feelings a little bit, but uh, I am pound for pound physically the biggest NWA champion of all time. But I said there's an asterisk by that. Because Andre could have won that title whenever he wanted to. He just chose not to. So you really can't claim to be that because there was literally an elephant in the room at any time could have walked in and, and headbutted his way to a championship. So but so for me, psychologically, that was the the greatest match. But in WrestleMania three, I, I th- definitely you'd say Savage and Steamboat, right? But Adonis and Piper no, was the same nope. thing. Uh, I, I, bingo. That is my favorite match. I'm sorry to cut you off. That is my favorite match of all time. Adonis Piper. Yep. If you watch that match from, yeah, from the beginning to the end, and if you look at that match and, like, I'm not even going to say how graceful Adrian Adonis moved at about 285. uh, And and just you look at the timing and, like, look, as wrestlers, we're, we're very much into the kind of mechanics of it. But if you look at it from a, like, an entire set it, people right like andre was one of the most beloved people and that's what makes in my opinion a really successful wrestler is if the average person can identify with this man right or woman or whoever uh and that's what's going to get the people that aren't watching wrestling to watch by the way the same goes through to any form of entertainment but if you look at that match the entire crowd did not shut up the entire no they were hot the entire match yeah yeah, that that just says something right there, man. And it, that's what a pro wrestling match should be, in my opinion, from start to finish. Well, the, those well, those matches had an emotional connection, and what we're all talking about is real feelings that everybody in the room can understand. It's not complicated. We, I think, sometimes as wrestlers, make it more complicated when we should just try to focus on like basic, real emotions. And having that connection with the audience, yeah, bingo. And, and it was bingo. Great, great psychology. The the Adonis mm-hmm. Piper buildup again was what a month, two months. Oh God, yeah. And that's that's what's missing in wrestling is long term storytelling, and that's long term storytelling across the board. You know what I mean? And in, in every company, it just seems like they don't want to give anything the time to breathe and develop. It's it's ADD culture, and that's you know unfortunate. Each and every fan you kind of talk to, too, from the super smart mark to most hardcore to casual fans, they all clamor for storytelling. Now, sometimes when you give it to them and they're impatient, we, we're the ones that are not us, but offices pull the plug too soon. Yep. Where 
they refuse to take that step back to take the three steps forward. Because if they take that step back, then they're getting yelled at by networks if your revenues are down slightly, the number tipped a little bit. Sometimes you have to take that hit to grow. Do we still have Jeezy with us? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. What do you what do you say about this, Jeezy? I mean, um, I mean, admittedly, I haven't watched uh, those matches in a long time, but I agree. It's, it's it's all about the psychology. It's all about the emotion. And like these days, like you guys said, companies just focus on like like the flashy moves and like just the moves, the egregious moves and lack of psychology, just the stupid stuff, the stuff that'll get guys hurt. They focus on that too much instead of the emotion which is what it's about. It's about the character. Like pro wrestling, like TV wrestling, in my opinion, is easy. It's it's gotten easier and more adaptable to me since I've been with NWA, but it's the only way to go. You know what I'm saying? Because it makes you more of an attraction. Like anybody can go out there and do a bunch of moves, but yep. the audience, they're going to they're gonna remember it for like 10 or 15 seconds. Like the audience, the paying customer, they're going to remember the, the promos that were done, the character, the storytelling. The emotion, you know what I mean? Just like movies, just like the great movies and TV shows that you watch and rewatch because of the 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 emotion behind it. You you're not necessarily like the the moves and the fight scenes of movies and TVs. Similar to wrestling, the 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 flashy moves is cool, you know what I mean? But it's all about the story and the emotion, in my opinion. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a bit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, it's, it's, it's about, uh, Trevor, it's about whether you're playing chess or you're playing checkers. Checkers are just flashy moves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and but here's the thing, and, and such a good point that they pull the plug. If you look at like uh, when, uh, and I feel like I, it's so weird we have to go so far back to talk about psychology. Uh, uh, but I'll I'll put it on me and Sandow. Aaron and I tried it, and it it got pulled. Um, but we we tried it. We old school. We did it. He broke my leg. Uh, I was in a boot knee sleeve all in the airport all over wherever I went uh I walked to the ring with a limp the entire match I sold I had a limp to at one point uh I got chewed out for moving too slow in the ring where I said uh well my legs hurt because Sandow broke it and I was told well guess what you're healed (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) so you know you know you know and the, the the problem, and as again, the story isn't about the matches. And like when you look at like right now, and I'm not uh, I'm not trying to nitpick, but I, the biggest story obviously that I think in, in that's being played out in wrestling right now, uh, NWA, we got the Crockett Cup, so we'll see what what comes of that, what stories come out of that. But uh, you know, if you look at you know Cody and Brock, right? That's the and uh, was it? I think I have. I think Brock broke his arm or something like that or is or hurt his arm or whatever. The difference between today and when storytelling was how they made their money and built their fans and I I would argue built the foundation of what of wrestling is today is he would have not wrestled for 6 weeks. Yep. He would have came out on TV with his arm in a sling for 6 weeks, you know, and then at some point we would get the payoff. You know, when when Ole and Arn and Flair broke Dusty's leg, he told the story like he was not probably not gonna wrestle again. And people felt that. And it was it was he was out there limping around. He was at home, sitting on the couch, complaining about not being able to take care of his family. Which is hilarious because, you know, before his leg break he was talking about Rolexes and fur coats. So it like goes from like you living the life to all of a sudden uh the horsemen have taken everything away from you. But that's psychology, and I'm trying. Like, what? Let me. Uh, let's go with Trevor first. What would be your Mount Rushmore of matches to where someone had never seen wrestling before? You would say you need to watch. Let's just cut it down. We'll say three. You need to watch these three matches. What would it be? Um. All right. Uh, one of them that just I don't know if I can give you three, but like one of the matches that keep popping up in my head is more of a series. 
is uh is the Benoit Booker Keys best of seven series. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And for for seven weeks, those guys went out and told a story on who the best wrestler was going to be. It wasn't even with the moves and stuff they were doing. They were going out there, tech, you know, um, being technical. Um, I would probably have them watch that series for sure. Um, of course, you got to throw in, you know, Randy Savage and Steamboat. Like that's just, I, I don't know that that would definitely be on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it has to be. And then, of course, I'm a Harley Mark. Um, Flair and and Harley for for the NWA World Heavyweight Title. You know, Flair for the Gold. That series was was really good stuff too. Aaron, hey Ron. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. So yeah, all right. So I, I would have to say again, uh, Piper and Adonis. Number one, that's just my personal favorite in terms of what you're you're looking at storytelling and the essence of what professional wrestling is. I'm gonna say Rock Hogan yep. because if you look at psychology, man. And then those guys switched that up in there. And that that was two well-trained masters of their craft, you know, doing it on the fly. And then there's nothing better, in my opinion, than when you're you're out there in front of however many, right? Like let's ten thousand people, eighty thousand, whatever, and you're you're just going by the seat of your pants. Pirates, you and I have done that, right? Yep. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's and, a blast um, when it's when it's flowing too, when it's going, when everything you do uh they react to you know and and i and, and i'm rocking rock, and, rock and hogan would be on my would be on mine too continue yeah and, and I'm, I'm going to say this i'm going to go way back gorgeous george versus pat o'connor because you had a time when wrestling was being presented as a legitimate sport around yep. the time of television tidbit of information when television was first made available to everybody in the united states there were two things. You had the news and you had wrestling. Wrestling was very easy to produce. You put a camera in the arena, you have all the drama and everything else. Gorgeous George was the guy that really said, hey, I'm going to use this as a form to promote myself. And that's why he had. He was the first guy to have the long robes. He had the blonde hair with the bobby pins and everything and really made a presentation out of what he did. And that, I think, like you, you had people believing that he was like this in real life because it hadn't come out that wrestling, you know, was, was a complete show. And, uh, and then Pat O'Connor, who was this straight laced sort of just, you know, no frills uh, good guy or babyface champion. And I, I thought that that was just such a great thing. And, and if you watch what they did, um, they really just played it up to the T. And I, I, I don't think, like I said, that era of wrestling, it gets overlooked a lot. But if you go back, there really are some hidden gems. Yeah. And um, Jeezy, what you got? Okay, so two things were already, two matches were already mentioned that I agree with 100%, and that's Hogan and Rock, and also <clears throat> Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat. Personally, for me to add, I would have to add um, something with something involving Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. And yeah. I say this because those two, to me, were the perfect pro wrestlers. And also, everything that they do, that they've done, is also like. Um, it, it, it's that it's that old school '90s New Japan Junior Heavyweight psychology, which is which is what made me fall in love with wrestling because of my size. Like right. that was like that style is always like the guys that that you know um, looked at as although they're the little guys, but they're the guys that are athletic. Like when you watch Benoit and Guerrero work, they were so great that you didn't focus on their size; you focused on their ability. It, it went from being um, man, those guys can work for their size. It was those guys can work. And they always tore it up. So, like, the things that Benoit Guerrero did, that's definitely, like, like it, it, it's a great um, selling point. It, it, it shows what, like, guys like Jushin Thunder Liger and Ultimo Dragon, Shinjiro Otani, all of the great old-school New Japan junior heavyweights from the early 90s, you know what I mean? It showcased that. And, like, that again, that's, like, the ultimate style for me, that's the style that I fell in love with, you know? So it would be definitely, that would definitely for me be number one on my list. You know, right, those are, that's pretty solid. EC three, you're kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of really interested to hear what yours are because you're, I like to call you a tweener because you can wrestle a guy my size and uh, then yeah. you can go in and yep. you can wrestle a guy Jeezy size. 
obviously two different styles, and and no one really kind of skips a beat. No one's like, oh, EC3's got no shot. You know what I mean? You're you're one of those in one of those weird situations, which is valuable because that means from top to bottom you can work anybody on the card. Yeah, I, yeah, I rule. <laughs> uh, I'm going to kind of look at this a little differently because I think when you first posed the question, you said, what's something you would show somebody who's not a fan that may right. make them become a fan? So the following choices include the storyline hype videos that play the match. Because I think that's what would engage somebody right off the bat to sit through 20 minutes of wrestling. Right. I know why these guys wrestle. So Eddie and Benoit, we'll watch that all day. You put that out for a normal person, you're like, they, they just won't understand or appreciate what it takes. It is kind of like, uh, I mean, that looked cool, I guess. So, uh, one would be Taker and Sean in, in the second match. I think that was WrestleMania 26. Yep. It's a retirement match because the hype video beforehand, like every part of that story is told in that little video. And it, again, what's missing from the business is you care who wins care who loses there's circumstances to what happens and then even if you don't know these two guys there's a big tall dead man and this kind of flashy guy but you know he's old now like but this is his career and they highlight it so that would probably have to be engaged just based on the video and then work is phenomenal michael michael's an undertaker with a great choice too yeah that one was tight and that uh that that's up there, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, while we wait for EC three to get back on, uh, we lost his signal. He must be getting his cup of coffee. Um, Am I back? Oh, you're back. You're back. back. You're back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. WrestleMania seventeen, based on that hype video and the interview with Jr. Because Austin said everything that was going to happen and what he was going to do to win, and he did it. And then you can you can feel that. And then I guess the third, maybe Brock and Brock at that SummerSlam. Oh yeah. Because the hype was like so hype about these are two stud athletes. This is how they're going to do it. Like Brock's agile and experienced this. Brock's a powerhouse. And it it was very realistic fight feel to him. That's it. So for me, uh, it would be uh, the first would be uh, Dusty Rhodes and superstar Billy Graham bull rope match in Madison Square Garden. Uh, same thing with the hype going in that you had uh, – and just the crowd. I think if you want to look at what was the, you know, what was the hottest crowd, it was like Madison Square Garden or Philadelphia where the fans were just uh, every they reacted to everything. And and the storylines would would go into it. You know, and and Dusty was coming from the south and superstar Billy Graham rest his soul, rest both their souls. Uh superstar Billy Graham was the first body guy Right. He was the guy who he was the originator of the Pythons. And like he obviously his name was after a, a famous preacher. So he was using raps and music songs in his in his promos and stuff. And he was bigger than life and all this other kind. And, and Dusty was the guy you want to drink a beer with and we could kick your ass maybe in a fight. And it would have your back in a beer in a uh, barroom fight. So for that, you know, for me and then I always I, I, WrestleMania one was such an easy story. With uh, you know, Mr. T and, and Hogan and, and Piper and Orndorf. <sighs> but it's, I'm trying to think if I could pick one from that era. Like there was that. But then you Piper and Snooka was another one of those feuds that like anyone would get. He oh, coconut. He hit him in the head with a coconut and disrespected him. The problem is we never really got the payoff with Snooka and Piper. Uh, one of the things about Piper uh, that as a talent I used to admire now as, as a talent who gets it, I kind of shake my head a little bit. He would never do the favor. And that was like his thing. You know, uh, he did. I get not why he didn't want to do it with Hogan. I get it. But you hit a, a guy, lets you hit him in the head with a coconut. You take the splash. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, do the favor. Yeah. You do the favor. Yep. You know, just, yep. you know, thank God for Cowboy Bob Orton, who doesn't well, get. He wouldn't have lost nothing. If he, no, you know what I mean? like, no. And I, and I like, nothing. I look, I look back at that. I think that's the one thing. I think the one thing, the one reason why Piper doesn't get as much credit as he does as an in-ring performer was because he never finished the stories. And, 
and that's that's coming from a, of a child who cheered for him when everyone booed him. You know what I'm saying? So it's not uh, it's not a diss. It's like so for those reasons, you got to like disqualify Piper because he did all the stuff to get the heat, but he never really paid it back. And um, which is ironic because Adonis did do that for him, mm-hmm. where Piper yeah. wouldn't have done that for Adonis. It would have been a count out or a disqualification. Yeah. Or yeah, well, Orndorff getting thing, hit in the head with friends. a cast, or or Cowboy Bob Orton taking the splash, but that intensity of that error. But so I will go with WrestleMania one just because it could tell such a great story, and then you would have the name. Oh, I remember who Mr. T was, and all the pageantry, and it kind of was the the starting point. So I got Dusty and Superstar in Madison Square Garden in a bull rope match, and I got that, and then. It's hard not to talk about Hogan and Rock for no other thing. That was the super fight that you don't get. That was Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Or, you know, that was the two icons of that era. And again, in a time when there was a lot of icons. (laughs) Like, you know, Triple H, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels. You know, there was a whole slew of guys that could have been in that Rock position. But I think Rock's crossover to Hollywood and being so successful and Hogan being Hogan, uh, it just kind of it, it kind of fit. You can say what you want about Hogan, the person or Hogan, how he treated guys that he worked with. Maybe always wasn't the best. But in terms of you no know, crowd reaction, it's hard to say anything about him, you know. And then if you want to say, well, he really didn't work. No, no, no. Watch Hogan in Japan. <laughs> he could work. He just knew how to work. And he knew what was going to get. I don't know if he got being in the ring with Hogan elevated you. I don't know if it if you after Hogan, it was kind of like you had to reset. You had to start over. And I think that's that's one of the things you got to look at. Like, did he really help guys get over or did guys just feed him over after he fed off them? Then they go back to the pile and have to re and figure it out. Well, that was more of a I would say from an an office standpoint and the right. creative standpoint or or back then. It was called booking, which, in my opinion, is what still should go down today, as opposed to a bunch of people out of college or whoever that think that they know how to do this, just writing for network TV. When, when, and, and again, wrestling is one of those niche things where it's different. Like you cannot approach it the same way, right? Like you don't write a, um, you know, a movie the way you would write a TV show, right? right. It's just not. It's not similar, and I, I think like that's what's missing in wrestling now is when we say this long-term storytelling, you know, that includes character development. And, and all the people we're mentioning, these are characters that, like, whenever we say them, we all have these images in our mind, whether it's Piper walking down the aisle with the bagpipes, you know, smashing the coconut, Hogan and Andre face-to-face. And I think that's the main thing that I think in, in this society today where we live in the, uh, you know, ADD or, uh, or just very short-term attention span, shall we say, that's really affected things because I think, like, wrestling appeals to the human condition, right? right? Can we agree with that? Like, where yeah. there, we have this good yeah. and evil and there's, there's a very primal sort of archaic, like, ritual in it, right? Like, when you watch it and, and things like that. So I just think that, again, if, if we could... Still, I mean, and, and, and you can have a variety show. You can have your guys doing crazy moves, but it, it, I challenge any promoter to take maybe just two, two storylines and map them out. And then, you know, if you're not wanting to lose ratings, fine. You have your, your chaos elsewhere. But, like, look, there's a reason. Okay, modern art is great with all the shapes and colors and everything, but there's a reason that the Mona Lisa is still the most iconic painting in the world. Yeah, okay. and, oh, and, and she was a solid five at best, modern even back then. <laughs> like at best, let's be honest, Mona Lisa wasn't hot. Like she was. It is statistically proven her facial dimensions, although she doesn't have makeup, uh... but the dimensions on her faces equate with the Fibonacci sequence, and that's the most attractive you can be. That's what. Well, you know, I, I'm. I, I don't know. Then Lisa. she needs to pinch her cheeks or something, put a little but, rouge on yes, there. But she's a little yes, long in the tooth. Same facial dimensions. And, We'll be back with much more after this. And my third pick, Aaron, uh, would would be for no other reason than you are going to get up and we, what the hell was that? And 
it would be Arn and Ole Anderson versus the Road Warriors because when the Legion of Doom came out, I don't care if you like wrestling or not, you were going to go, what in the blue? Jesus, look at the size of them. And Yes. You know, and, they were going to hurt somebody. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Ole and Arn were, were tough guys. And Arn, no one's put over – how can I even just – he's not a coward, but he's he does <laughs> things in a way that was just – like he'd nail Hawk and Hawk would flex up on him. He'd take two steps back and just kind of look around at Ole like, Shit, what have I done? You know? Yeah, he just had a way shit, of like – the way he retreated, he was, he was trying to bring you in for a trap, but he just was so good at you just wanting to him to see him get his ass whipped. You know, like, and he just had a way. And he was uh, another thing that he did was he perfected the art of making the mistake in the ring. Uh, one of the cool when they had their feud with Dusty and Magnum TA, and they were Sam Houston was the official Spike Dudley just getting murdered every week. Uh, they had a thing where they him and Ole were whooping him in the corner, and uh, they mistimed a, a a tag and trying to hold him. He just slid out the back, ran around and rolled in and tagged Dusty. And uh, I remember Arn just looked at Ole and the two of them were like, you know, and like kicked the ropes and like, and then he walked into two arm drags and a drop kick and then called timeout and rolled out like that. And the people are laughing at him like you idiot. You had him. And that is just the genius of when you get you, I, you can't you can't call the road warriors a gimmick, but they were physical and it looks like everything. And I and I one of the cool things, I think, Aaron, you were there for this when Animal came down. Uh, to coach at FCW, I was like his guy for a while, and he kept making me throw Fat Jesus around. Yeah, <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that because he, he's from yep. a different, you know, he's from a different era where you know you work hard, and if you don't work hard, you get thumped up a little bit. And we had a guy <laughs> who I affectionately call Fat Jesus, um. no relation to Jeezy. <laughs> this EC three remember? So, uh, do you guys remember when it was the? Undertaker and it, it, Taker was, and I'm getting off base a little bit, but this I just love this story. The last, the last, the last outlaw. outlaw, Jeezy and yeah. Trevor. Do you do you remember yes. when Taker was the last outlaw? Oh yep. yeah. Okay. Yep. Like a week. So, so do you, do you know that name was trademarked? So the WWE couldn't use it. Heard about that? So the no, owner of said trademark, and I cannot confirm or deny this story, but I feel it's true. The owner, Aaron, EC3, back me up. The owner yeah. of said rights, they offered a six-figure opportunity for him, cash or check, whatever, for the rights to the name. They would buy the rights to the name from him. A very healthy check. Take yeah. it. Three, Take it. Six, you were going to get paid for the name. Yes. Six six figures. For a name. For a for name. Just a, yep. a thought. Okay, take yep. it. And take it. so he no. decided to. And remember, I said some people play checkers and some people play chess. This was a checker yeah. player who decided to break out the old chessboard and said, uh, instead of the six figures, how about a contract? What? So mm -hmm. What? They, yep. Yes, thank you. Which was oh. not a six figure contract. Which was not a six that. figure contract, nor was right. it guaranteed. You can't see me now, but my hand, my head is in my hands right now. Jeezy, yeah. uh. are you oh, feeling me right better. now? This happened. Yep, yep. I heard the story. So the story. he yep. shows yep. up to FCW. Legend. Walks in the door. <laughs> and unfortunately for me, I was one of the first people to see him. And he had these little tiny baby hands when he shook my hand, and it freaked me out. <laughs> because uh, what's he look like? Give me a hype. Fat <laughs> Jesus. He yeah, looked like. Geez, are we talking five hundred pound? Fat no, no, no. He looked like oh, like four. So that like, so, is so four that, foot five hundred pounds. He was about. He was about. He was, say, I'll give him six feet. Had so never seen a gym in his life. Fat Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So and, and by the way, when he says Jesus, we're talking about the Renaissance depiction of Jesus. With the, you know, there was a, a the yeah, not the actual there. son of Christ. <laughs> no, I mean the son of the Lord. Um. <laughs> To be, uh, how's the, oh, what the acolyte. Who was the, he was part of the, he had the eye with the. Midian. Oh, Midian. Midian, yes. He looked like yeah. if Midian didn't work out. 
Yeah, well, Midian, Midian doesn't work out. Yeah, but he looked well, Midian. Midian go. could go. Okay, Midian yeah. could. Yeah, so uh, he was, but so and he had these little tiny baby hands. <laughs> so, and he gets there for the first day of of training, and uh, he stinks. By the way, he stunk. Yeah, but uh, the he. <laughs> We get in the ring and we had a warm up we had to do every day, and uh, I believe it was current Mister Steve Kern uh, was in charge of the school at the time, and uh, I think it was Doctor Tom there at that time. Yes, I yes. believe he was. Yeah, yeah. And how, so, how old is this cat? Oh, no one knows Jesus's real age. Uh, okay. He could have been twenty eight. He could. He could. He was probably the most shot out twenty three year old you ever met in your life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and. Um, he gets in there and we're doing the thing and we've got uh we got the main ring for TV and we have three rings in the back. He informs Mr. Kern and Dr. Tom that he's tired and weary from travel. And if there was a place he could take a nap. Unto which uh Steve Kern said to him, Yes, you can have the main ring. We'll turn the lights off for you. <laughs> and while we trained, he went into the main ring. Rolled in the center of the ring and took a nap. Oh man, this guy this guy was batting a thousand. Oh my god. He is the most over first dayer <laughs> of all time. That's most people, right their first day in the WWE training facility, they're nervous. They have to they, they want to put their best foot forward. You know, if anything, they'll go a little too hard, you know, because they're trying to show they belong. He he didn't have any of these issues. Was not concerned at all. So Dr. Tom came to me, and Mr. Kern came to me, and he said, he's taking a nap. And I said, no. <laughs> and they said, yes. And they knew me being an instigator that they would not take long before I tell my brethren that the new guy's taking a nap. So we'll train for him. And we went through our trainings or whatever, and then a few, time, a few days go by, and now we're doing in-ring stuff. And I have to get in the ring with him, and we're doing, you know, we're doing spot training and working on grabbing holes and things like that. And he, I said, uh, you know, give me, let me feel your forearm shot. Throw him, a, throw a shot at me. Let's see what you got. Let's see if this dude's got some pop. You know, when he threw the first forearm, I, I, I was like, did this dude hit me or not? But he made such an aggressive noise when he hit you <laughs> that he would go, yeah, he, he would go, rap, rap. Oh. and but he didn't hit you. It was like we get wrestling sim, simulated combat sport. It's physical. You can't. You got to beat each other up. It, it's going to hurt. Yep. Okay. You lay it the in. only thing. The only thing that's decided is the finish. The rest is you got to earn that. <laughs> and you look at any guy yep. who spent any time in the ring uh, at a high level. He ain't walking out the way he walked in. Okay. Let me just preface that. But he throws. He misses forearms. You don't miss forearms. <laughs> but his noise. Brock. Brock. I was like. Uh, it sounded like a video game. Like yeah. when you kill zombies. If there's yeah. like a hundred zombies, when you kill like. Brock. I have this yeah. image of, of those guys that take the lightsabers, the toy lightsabers, yeah. and they make the, the wall, wall. Yeah, yeah. And he probably has a Jedi robe now. I'll oh, thousand percent. Thousand percent. And uh, I snatched him, and then I, Dr. Tom, and Norman Smiley, he doesn't get out of this. Norman Smiley's just in shock. Now, Norman Smiley is probably one of the most complete wrestlers ever. And uh, he is a very – and he was tough on me. Like, he would pick my stuff apart, and I was I became a better wrestler for it. So I'm very appreciative of Norman Smiley. But Norman Smiley just couldn't believe it. He was like, I went through hell to get in this business. All I had to do was trademark a name. And uh, <laughs> so I have to have a match with him, and uh, you call it out there. You know, that's just the way that we were trained. If you train that way, you'll be that way. Yep. You don't go sit off in the corner and you just, you know, whatever. And at, as, as many of you know, I have been T-boning suplex people. I used to do a, a lot of different ways. And uh, you would hear me sometimes say, watch the T-bone, which means I'm about to snatch your ass up and T-bone you. Uh, when yeah. I snatched him up, he held on to me for dear life like he was afraid. Oh. And I was trying to do it. And this is my mistake. I was trying to do it to where let him take his own bump as practice, you know, not trying to sling a guy who I didn't know if he had the ability to land flat or not. And I was not in the business of trying to hurt anybody, no matter how tiny their baby hands are. 
And when I hooked him, he held on, and it made me like go, this dude holding on to me? Like clinging for dear life. So when I went to let him go, waiting for him to let himself go, he just held on. So he, oh. when I came down, he was on top of me, and I stayed there. All One, right, two, three. Bird. One, two, three. And Dr. Thompson, <laughs> what the hell was that? And I listened. He countered me. <laughs> I couldn't do anything. He countered me. This guy's good, man. This guy's a counterpuncher. He's got it. He's like... You've got six minutes left. What are you going to do? I'm going to go contemplate my life in the bathroom for the next five minutes because I just got my <laughs> T-bone just got countered by, well, fat Jesus, and everyone started laughing, and that's yeah. where that's where it's at. So the following week, Animal comes in, and uh, fat Jesus hasn't gotten any better. He's actually gotten cocky. He's oh, surrounded boy. himself, and, and when he hit the forearm with another guy, an Animal said, what are you doing? What are you doing in my ring? He took it as a personal offense to the brock, brock, like, like Lex Luger's off the hook. Like anyone who's listened to Lex Luger match, <laughs> the noise that, oh, oh, oh yeah, oh. he's off the hook. He's off the hook. Brock, brock. And he did that, and Animal just looked at me and was like, hey, come here. Suplex this quote, mother. Until he can't walk anymore. So I had to blow <laughs> myself up. And by this time, I was no longer allowing him to hold on. And it was like throwing a bag of oatmeal. And I probably gave him six of them before he said, I'm thirsty. I need to roll out. This dude had an excuse for everything. The next day, he Just calls in. Right out of system. Yeah, he calls, has his wife call in. Said he had a rough day at practice yesterday. He's going to take the day. And it was the day that John Laronidas had come in to see the troops. And he asked where this new guy was. Where was the last outlaw? And Kern said, oh, he had a rough day yesterday. And his wife called in and told him to take the day. And John said, what? And he said, his wife called in, said he had a rough day. And he's taking the afternoon. And unfortunately, there was another guy who rode in with him who also took the day with them. I forget that he had giant. I remember he had giant zits in his back all the time. But. And John said, uh, go ahead and ring those guys up for me in front of everybody. Speakerphone. He said, uh, heard you had a rough day yesterday. He's like, yeah, we're just going to rest. I'll be ready to go tomorrow. Uh, yeah, uh, you're not, actually. Uh, you're fired. <laughs> like, thanks for coming. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> and so I said, and that's when Kern said, you know they offered him uh, $100,000 for the name. He just got three weeks of getting his ass kicked. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I was like, wait a minute, say what? So yeah, he literally could have, but the it was the animal who made us made suplexed him out of you know six figures. But uh, mm-hmm. actually, I think that that needs to happen sometimes in the business. We have you guys know as well as I do. We all watch a lot of wrestling. And there are a lot of guys that shouldn't be stepping through them ropes. And just maybe if they had to go through a little bit of an aggressive, rougher training to earn it, though some of those guys may get weeded out of our business. Well, you know, and here's the thing. I agree. I, every one of us here went through that. Yeah. Bill DeMont tried to yep. make me quit. And I, and I was like, I'm not quitting. Because he was like, you have to earn the right to be in this ring. But that goes into – and I'm not, you know, we're trying to just keep this wrestling today, but it always, art imitates life. Sports imitates mm-hmm. life. When you take that away in every aspect where no one has to earn anything, or you don't have the ability to say, you're not good enough. You don't have it. We're not going to lower the level of standard and expertise to do this skill, this sport, for you. So if you can't meet the bar, you don't belong here. That's fair. The NFL is not going to change. They're not going to have overweight wide receivers because somebody (laughs) wants to be a wide receiver. I'm five foot four by five foot four and I can't catch, but I I, I always wanted to be a wide receiver. So the Colts are going to draft you with the first pick because, well, it makes you feel good. And if they don't do, it's going to hurt your feelings. So and we're going to, you know, no one, no one, everyone be like, that's ridiculous. He has no business being there. Wrestling is the same thing, although the thing is about it, there's no, and, and EC3 always hits on this. There's no certificate. It's not like you go to school to be a doctor where, like, you can, like, yo, are you a doctor? Yes, I have, have all my credentials here. You know, uh, here's the school I went to. Here's where I did my 
uh, internship or whatever the hell they do it, or whatever they call it. Wrestling is like, ah, oh, you know, I just uh, got in my backyard, hit my buddy with a chair. I'm in the biz, Briz. You know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like I, I had a interaction um, on Instagram. A couple of talents got a hold of me. They're a tag team, and they, you know, send me their resume. Stuff I'm not running shows. I just open kind of a school. So I'm like, I'm telling them what I'm doing is independent reconditioning, and like it's training, not so much a school. They're like, oh, well, you know, we're trained already. Like they send me a resume. And like this means nothing to me. Like this person yeah. trained, trained who? Who? These these letters signify a promotion we work for. We're champion in four different promotions. And I'm like, send me a match. So they send me this match. And it you know it's it's in, it's independent for sure. And they just don't have any coaching or tutelage or guidance. So I broke it down how we would break things down back in the day, like move for move, intricate. Like I took an hour to break this match down to where they kind of open their eyes to, okay, yeah, maybe a resume isn't necessarily a real thing. Wow. Well, and ultimately, if you, you should just be able to go and show me a match. We've all been around the business long enough that we can watch one match and know whether or not the guy can work or not. And that's all you ultimately need, right? Like, that's that's all I need. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, very interesting time to be in uh, in the wrestling business. And I think the sad part is um, I was talking to a friend of mine who was saying, like, in the medical field, I know this is completely off topic, but the quality of students that are getting nursing degrees and doctorate, like, it's apparently it's starting to show because a lot of the quality of the nurses are going downhill and patients are suffering because of it. And, and again, in, in, in our little world of wrestling, uh, this has been going on for quite some time. Like with uh, with the uh, the last outlaw there, I remember my first day back in the WWE. I think I, I saw Tyrus. He was the first guy or second guy I saw after I walked in, and then I saw this guy, and I'm like, "What's he? Is he the see the maintenance man?" Like I had yeah, no you idea. did say that. Yeah, I was like, "Is he like what? Why is he here with us?" Because he he just again, it, it's it's absolutely mind. He was and, described uh, as a bag of oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. affectionately. Yeah. It's just, um, again, you know, we need to uh, check each other. I, I think that that's the importance of having a, a good group of people surrounding you to make sure that you're on point professionally as well as personally. But uh, I guess with a lot of people, they're just not doing it now. They're, they're just letting kind of this, like, lackadaisical and in, in this, uh, this very egocentric ideology you know, as long as I get the five-second clip for Instagram or I get the, the, the picture or whatever for TikTok, whatever the hell it is. It's just – it really is, I, I think, the quality of just everything is uh, is not what it could be. And that's, uh, that's about as well, nice I'm as I Well, I'm participating, that. and that's good enough. It, that's the, the, the mindset. Because here's the thing. We're not above this, okay? We've, we've all been fired, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I – I'm the first one to go, and I went straight to Aaron, and I said, "Watch my match with Kratos. If if I'm if I don't if I'm behind or I'm not holding up my end of the bargain, tell me, and I will get the out of here." Like I, the pandemic was just such a long layoff, and I had gained weight, and I had not been in the ring in probably a year and a half, and I was like, "I don't know if I I can do it at a high level or not." And I would tell myself because that's just who you are as a competitor. You're not going to, you know, you might know in the core of core it wasn't great, but you're not going to admit, sometimes you won't admit it to yourself, you know? And yeah. I was like, you know, and Aaron was like, yep, you need to lose some weight, but, uh, you know, wasn't, it, 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 it's not over. You just need to get the rust off. You know, and I took, and I took that and I was like, you're right. And I went and bust my ass to do that. But not everyone, some people, if I would have came in and be like, that was great, you know? And you're like, nah, man, uh, you, you're. Your elbow could looked a little slow. This movement was this and that. Like, you know, just your holds weren't as crisp as they should be. You know, that's a friend. That's someone tells you good job and you were the shit, so that's not your friend. You know, but well, I participated, I showed up, so I'm winning. Like, where's my strap? You also you also wanted to know the truth. Yes. Like a lot of guys nowadays, and I'm not trying, you know, not picking any one person out. They don't want the truth. They just want somebody to say, good job. Like, yeah. you're the greatest. Like, you've, you've made it, kids. So don't worry about 
getting better. Don't focus on getting yourself better in the ring, faster, quick, whatever it is you need to do to get better. Once they get to a certain spot, they think, I've made it. I'm here. I've got a deal. I don't need to get better. And that's that's killing the business as well. Yeah, because Agreed. I know how to do moves. Yep. You can take, take anybody off the street and teach them three wrestling moves, and you can get through a match, but it's not going to be a wrestling match. You know, and that's, there you just, have it. Yeah. that's so. where it's at. But before we go, anybody have anything special coming up? Well, I have uh, the the trailer for uh, You Should Probably Leave on Netflix. Uh, the season's going to drop pretty soon, so you can see me at a drive through getting upset, and uh, there was a whole – actually, I think there was like three or four scenes with it, so that that's all I have. I uh, I got a little something a couple, three weeks ago. I got filmed to do an episode of Dark Side of the Ring with Harley. Oh, nice. Harley. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, and uh, got to tell some stories about Harley. And, you know, obviously you can't tell everything because you're trying to break kayfabe. But well, not just that. that and some pretty, things are nobody's business unless they are in the right to be Nobody's there. business. And that doesn't uh, mean it's so all bad. It just means some things are you got to earn the right to share those moments. That's right. So that was pretty cool. So hopefully next season that will be coming out. EC3? Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, I just dropped my phone. doesn't matter because I'm talking through two. Yeah, we got a Crockett Cup coming up, right? We're down there in Winston-Salem. Yes, we do. Yeah, the third yep. and the fourth. I have a big uh, national championship match against that, uh, the very special talent that is uh, Billy Silas. Um, short of that, what do I mean? I opened a, an a, academy, so it's a cooperative, the CYN Cooperative. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. The first thing we're doing is independent reconditioning. I don't know how many independent wrestlers Fox News, but hopefully a lot. So get a hold of me. Hannity, Hannity might be one. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does well, even experienced guys need to contact you, man. Like you always sure. need to get like better. Us. You always need to get yeah. better. I don't care who you are, Jeezy. Uh, me, I just got my usual treatment going on every week for my current condition. Looking woo, forward woo. to be looking forward to be given the green light for physical therapy and training and getting back in the gym to start uh you know working out to get my weight back get my muscle mass back you know other than that you know uh that's pretty much it you know things are positive right now though so that's a great thing all right um let's see for me uh well uh enough said my second book is already on the best-selling wrestler list uh it comes out in november so it's it's got a little bit of time it's gonna be a great christmas present i'm excited about that finishing that uh i believe i sent you all mean texts about you guys better start writing telling you if you don't do it you need to do it uh you did you did it you've always inspired me when your first book came out like that was my Wake up call to get writing. And uh, I, was, I was supposed to get a hold of you a couple days ago. Yeah, that's why I brought it up, it. Trevor. You and I got uh, beef. I know. Hey, but, well, uh, I, but I, it's, it's, all, it's on. It's an off mic conversation. Uh, yeah, as as yeah, a man, I yeah. take full responsibility and accountability for and my. Of behavior. course, uh, Tyrus Live is doing phenomenal. Uh, another sold out show. I was at the Gulf Shore, Alabama, and uh, capacity crowd. And at the end of the show. The mayor uh, and and uh, various members of the GO part, GOP party in uh, uh, in Alabama, roll tight, uh, decided to <laughs> proclaim May nineteenth uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Tyrus Day. So I was very honored by that and very and it was awesome. And I asked and I thought that was great because Gulf Shore also was part of the old territories for. Uh, the Flares, the Rhodes, the the Harleys, the Garvins, the Blanchards, the Magnums, you know, the Andersons. They all they all wrestled in those in that in that great town. It's a great vacation town, and uh, so I was very very honored and excited to do that. And of course, uh, Gutfield Show and Fox is just going great, and our little podcast is doing uh, pretty good, and we've got some uh, good things coming. But all things end, I think uh, the best news of the day is hearing that Jeezy's spirits are up, his treatments are going well, yes, and eventually he's going to get. Get back and get back in the gym, and hopefully we can get him to come to one of our shows just to hang out and relax and just be around the boys and just feel it, you know, a little bit. Yep, no doubt. Yep, yep. yes, sir. Yep, and um, you know, just keep that keep that positivity going and and just do what we do, fellas. That's all we can do. I've also been texting Kevin Kylie as well too, just trying to just check in on him. Let yeah, me know that, uh, uh, that was you know that it. was probably. The tough, like I was in, I was in the hospital again. But there's no way I'm taking any 
shine away from what Jeezy and Kevin are going through. That was a t- that was a tough little couple weeks for everybody. Everyone kind of had some bad stuff going on. So uh, yep. I'm, I'm happy to hear that Kevin's covered because I can't wait to get him back on the show. And uh, you know, yeah. trying to feel good. We uh, and uh, Luke. I guess we missed Luke today, but you know what happens? He's probably filming. Like every time I look at his social media, he's doing a different. Uh, movie yeah, or TV yeah. show, so hopefully Luke will be back next week. But uh, other than that, man, y'all keep doing your thing. I'm gonna get ready for Gut Felt, and uh, I'll holler at you. And, and Trevor, you better hit me. I got you. All right, Good all right, fellas. Later. No set. Listen ad free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcast, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.